protocol anxiety? <laughs> like, do you think a computer ever feels like, I don't know if it'll accept my request? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Welcome back to another Hang in the Curiosity Lab, the, the dojo. <laughs> I don't I don't know what... They all sound uh, weird. Brian and I have an ongoing conversation about what to call the weird virtual... You know, like, if this is a radio show, they would say the studio. But, like, what is this this non-existent digital space that we meet in the curiosity cave on occasion the curiosity cave curiosity cave <laughs> is that what you just said it's not but i like where what you heard uh curiosity 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 uh, odyssey anyway oh, there are a lot of good plays you have ideas tweet us at zengineering pod uh <laughs> so tweet us what are we talking about this week tweet tweet uh give we're talking about before we uh broadly kind of like small snippet digital communication uh i think we uh specifically were kind of prompted by uh aol instant messenger which is a blast from the past uh that has recently uh it recently turns out that it was still alive <laughs> until just a few weeks ago <laughs> uh, and now it's been shut down officially um, but my like childhood digital communication platform was, is no longer. Yeah, that was, a few, that was a few months ago. And the idea of a childhood communication platform, and then an idea that, like, the idea that it would get deprecated, right? Like, hey, we're not using this anymore. We're going to shut it oh. down. But before that, I want to do something new that we talked about doing because we miss our old hit list episodes, but we just haven't been able to find a way to pull that stuff off. What's so I'm kind of I'm I'm um springing this one on you, but what's what's some cool science news or something you learned like in the last couple of weeks? Uh, my my thing that comes to mind, I actually just pulled it up to make sure I was calling it the right thing. Uh, SpaceX just this week, I think, uh, piggybacked on a launch that they did for someone else, a customer, they piggybacked two tiny, well, actually, I don't know how small they are. I think they're relatively small, uh, but two uh, Starlink satellites, which is their distributed internet satellite network that they're planning to launch to bathe the entire planet in SpaceX internet access. Uh, and they launched the first two test satellites this week. When you said SpaceX, I thought you were going to talk about the Falcon Heavy, which I feel like people knew about. What What are you talking already, about? <laughs> exactly, right? He's already moving on to a new product. He successfully put a Tesla Roadster in orbit near Mars. Uh, and now, <laughs> now he's moving on to a new business. <clears throat> uh, SpaceX uh. wants to create a, a satellite-based internet access as part of their business. Uh, to compete with so straight up internet access with the ubiquity of GPS. Uh, yeah, and and the ubiquity. Uh, I'm not sure why they need so many, but I think the plan is to launch like ten thousand of these satellites. There's something ridiculous. Like they're by the time they have the Starlink network up, they will have like quadrupled the number of active satellites in orbit. 
So once you launch a satellite like that, what's the like efficiency trade-off compared to the way that we do internet now? That's a good question. Like it's really expensive to get the satellite up there. But then once it's up there, it's not like there's a lot of friction. You do stuff to them uh, (laughs) occasionally. They adjust themselves periodically. Right. But it's like it's such a different picture than what I envision with like electricity. Right. Like it's not it's it's, you know, thruster maintenance and like they just have to keep the orbit in line and 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 the solar panels functioning. Yeah, I, and I think their lifespan... Especially when you consider the solar component, it it might be more efficient than burning coal down here to run a power plant to run signal from computer to computer through a wire. It could be for a lot of stuff. It might be. That's a good question. I've never really looked at the efficiencies there. <clears throat> it is interesting with satellites, if you ever start to look into like the specs on them, because uh, their capabilities are absurd, which speaks to the the cost of them. It's not just the cost of getting them up there. They're very expensive to build. Uh, but totally, these, these you just kind of launch them. I don't know if these two are like active in that, in, if they'll ultimately be active in the full network. But they, uh, they are, I believe, testing communication with like a bunch of ground-based stations, different locations of Tesla and a few other spots that are testing alongside. And you're right, they just launch up there. They're solar-powered. Uh, so their energy, their electricity that makes everything run, I think is probably just solar. I doubt Tesla has access to like radioactive power sources like the government does for satellites. But um, and then they probably they're limited a little bit in lifespan because of fuel they can carry to run thrusters because I think they have to reposition and adjust to maintain orbit. Um, but that's just like bleeding off a little bit of gas here and there, you know gentle you do that over time and you barely need any pressure and over the next like six months it'll readjust its orbit things like that yeah that's what i mean like what if you're if you're talking about no friction mm-hmm. right it's like like you're <laughs> you, like like it's a gentle it. it's like a, a gentle and a quiet part thruster. yeah that was a, th- a thruster doing its yeah. thing and then in six months it's back where it needs to be in orbit and Africa still has internet. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's part of the... I don't know exactly what his business model is. I think he's been a little tight-lipped. It sounds cool, and that's what matters. But uh, I think he I think he seems like a good guy, so he'll probably be giving away Man, that's so much. that was so much cooler than my, than my thing. I didn't do it. I thought you were going to talk about Falcon Heavy, which is pretty cool, it's too. It's pretty cool, but it's old news. Everyone's got it. But he essentially just strapped <laughs> two other rockets to the side of his... Two, two of the same functional rocket to the side of the other just rocket. Just use duct tape to hold them fired off, them all at once. Just I wrap mean, the whole thing in duct tape. As long as it tears off at the right time. Uh, mine, mine had to do completely a different field of science. Uh, it had never occurred to me before that fossil density was a thing that paleontologists and archaeologists and stuff think about fossil density yeah like in what way you can you can gauge the age of a fossil well first i feel like you have to step back to understanding (laughs) that a fossil a fossil is not like a bone that you find somewhere it's organic matter that was covered with something Mm -hmm. that caused it to mineralize in the in the cavity essentially left by whatever that organic matter was and it and it mineralizes over time 
So if you find a fossil that's generally pretty fresh, but is a full mineralized like dinosaur bone, it's kind of like fluffy. Interesting. <laughs> it's fluffy. more like shale or something. <laughs> then it's like, you know, just here's a big old. Bruh. I feel like people see them in museums and they think like, oh, yeah, it's a bone. It's like, no, it's they bone material they cast those. Bones. Yeah. Um, what used to be bone material is now rock, but because the rock like mineralized its way into it's, that. It's the same thing that happens with like cavity. petrified wood, right? If you, anyone's ever touched petrified wood, it's like stone. But over time, it gets right. harder and harder, you're saying? Yeah. I had no idea that that... I mean, it completely yeah, makes like sense. I had just never... A dating mechanism? Yeah, you could use it, it that way. It's funny when I said um, that because, like, dinosaurs dating, like Tinder for dinosaurs. But that's right. not what I meant. Um, <laughs> time No, it's it's just fully... And that's it. I got nothing more <laughs> past that. It's not of greater importance than just the idea that, like, when you see one of those pictures of somebody at a museum with all these different fossils... Like some of them are, you know, the size of a football, but might be like so light that when they pick them up, it's like, oh, this is fluffy. Be careful with this one. <laughs> like, We don't touch that one because it might disintegrate at any moment, but it's a coherent, you know, I just never, th I always looked at all of them and went, there's a rock. There's another <laughs> rock. <laughs> there's a rock shaped like a bone. There's a rock shaped like a bird. I think most of the time people are probably picturing actually digging out bones, which right. I mean, whatever you kind of are. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like if it's significantly fossilized. Yeah. Speaking of fossils, oh, <laughs> uh, good, good one. Uh, let's let's do let's do instant messenger. So, like everything we end up talking about on here, it doesn't start with instant messenger, right? No, it instant messenger was a form of text based communication. We always take it back to <laughs> that's like, the, and we can do that here. We might as well. <laughs> I mean, why not? You know, well, it's yeah. We can, we can. It'll give us a nice excuse to find some good, like ancient Egypt links to put in the show notes, right? Like, well, if you really want to take it back to cave paintings, we're talking about like hieroglyphics. I'm and, talking like forty thousand years ago, way back. Uh, I'm talking caves, man. Not like not those fancy pyramid shaped caves that they were building. I'm talking caves that you had to like find and then fight a bear to get into. in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and then you drew a picture of you killing that bear so that bear wouldn't so the bear's family wouldn't come back and get you to memorialize your tribe's conquest it's our cave now bitch so but i feel like uh, uh pictograms will come back around but i don't want to dive into that <laughs> because we'll get to because we'll get to cave emoji later but i think the the core to talk about in the whole thing is uh, text-based communication. So like printing presses, I think is the place hmm. to, to take it back to. Um, but I don't want to dig in too deep on yeah. that, but just like think about the significance of being able to write down an idea and uh, replicate it at a, greater rate than the previous method which was tell a person who could go tell another person so like maybe at a gathering you can you can knock out <laughs> you know three to five hundred people maybe thousands if you're yeah. important for like getting an idea out there um i don't think we're really talking about that though like what we're chasing is a, an idea that i think is so 
it's so ubiquitous now that people might not even re- like I'm, text messages I'm not sure most people, exist when we were. Uh, I would I would say most people probably didn't use anything before text messaging right because like text messaging is pretty ubiquitous now but when we were using AOL instant messenger you were still kind of a nerd using a computer which was not a normal thing at the time right so maybe our generation so you're saying for it because we were using computers in college and stuff then but the average person who's text messaging who's older than us probably wasn't using that so I would guess there's a there's a there's a reasonable window of AIM of AIM or of that form of text communication. Uh, like I mean, it would only get weirder as you go back to like IRC and stuff. That was even rarer. Like I didn't, I don't think I even really played with IRC that much. That was five years before yeah. AIM, and, that, and then you're talking like early '90s, like maybe even late '80s with that kind of text protocol. Then you're like serious dork, like built your own computer with right <laughs> with parts from college. So, so so the so the important thing I think is this the idea of uh mainstream adoption of a technology tool like that um email certainly came before instant messenger and it is still very postal it still is very postal in terms of like the etiquette mm-hmm. you know I write dear something comma on my emails and then i say something like you know regards at the end of it <laughs> why because we were we were brought up to be right. good good european royalty uh, yeah exactly and the need for that was based on a postal service <laughs> that would carry your message like the real mail in colonial times was you write a thing and then you like the idea of having to make 10 copies of a document for everyone in the room <laughs> was a giant a hassle. Nightmare. Never mind getting it to someone in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so if you live in Maine. Um, so. So talk about the. Talk about text messaging in your own life. So I have a real interesting story about text messaging, or at least eh, it's probably not that interesting. I'll try to make it interesting, but it's impactful at least. So I studied abroad in Australia in college, my junior year. And uh, I like kind of had a cell phone in college. Cell phone. Did I just turn Canadian for a minute? Cell Cell phone. Are you hungry? Uh, I can't hardly remember. I think I had a cell phone off and on maybe in college. Didn't like use it a lot. I certainly wasn't doing much with it in uh, in the US. But when I went to Australia, a friend of mine who had been there before gave me his SIM card and he's like, hey, use this uh, and like get ready to text message. And I was like, what are you what is text messaging? What are you talking about? And so I guess I'd used it some because I vaguely remember sending a few texts in high school or something. But I got to Australia and everybody was sending text messages and no one was making phone calls. Our phones were able to do that. Uh, like all th- it, th- as soon as you had a cell phone, it could do that. But you had to type. Remember T9? You had to 
te- you had to text using the letters on the numbers, <laughs> right? And you also had to go to some weird right. submenu to like get to the text system. So it was hard to find. So it was a weird, inefficient, you know, way to do it. And so it didn't really catch on in the States. But yeah, I had a similar experience of being with somebody from Greece, I think it was, who was just texting the whole time we it were with It was bizarre. Him. And I was like, wow, he's using that I remember all of, of the Americans that I were with, we were just laughing. We're like, because Australia didn't have great internet at the time. I think they still have like one major physical line that connects in the internet, or at least they did like 10 years ago. Uh, and so the internet would go down all the time at our school. And it wasn't just the school. It was like the country's internet would be down. Like the the continent. Continent. <laughs> and and we were just like, haha, you got crappy internet and you have to use this stupid text thing because your phones probably suck too. And we like, I didn't really use text there. I didn't have any fancy things. I didn't have like a car or a cell phone really, except for like emergencies. And we just thought it was so dumb. And I was like, why would anyone want to send text messages? This is stupid. It's a phone. Just call somebody. But I think your problem with that, at least what I would say as it's borne out over time, was the inefficiency of the typing mechanism. Could have been. You're like, this is so fucking impossible to type nope, on. No, <laughs> like, we got home and shit took off, you know? <laughs> Everyone was texting. Even with yeah. T9, I was well, super so fast on T9. That's a perfect example of a network effect. It didn't matter to you until your yeah. friends were using it, right? So even in Australia, it's like the whole country can be using it, but you had your six friends that also came from the States in other schools they were sort of like i don't want to text you <laughs> and you're like okay totally. don't <laughs> um i thought when you when you when you launched into that intro about this is kind of weird but i thought i thought you were going to talk about us like uh passing notes in physics class via <laughs> infrared dude i forgot about that <laughs> that was some that was some serious uh, like nerd secret nerd note passing. I was very very proud of that. We were like, I remember our physics class was a bunch of big tables put together, so we were sitting in a big square, and we c- like casually turn our laptops so the infrared sensors could see each other, and then we we network them and we could send <laughs> messages. The, the, yeah, the thing you have to know about infrared is like, uh, so there was a period, a pretty long one, I think where laptops had data relay ports on them that took the shape of the same like infrared technology that's in a remote control. It wasn't very good for much. And it requires line of sight, which is a thing that's even starting to fade out with remote controls. But you used to have to point the remote control at the right place to get your TV No one has time for that. And it was just like that. But in this physics class, we could sit on either side of a 90 degree corner and and point our computers at one another. Uh, I can't remember if what we were using was instant messenger or some other chat client. I think we were communicating Might through like command line. It was weird to get that working. It was something bizarre. Distinctly possible. Yeah. We didn't use it very much, but it was I mostly think just maybe a just test. that one mostly time. that port. <laughs> Mostly that part was really good for just doing the magic trick of wirelessly printing in the computer lab while everyone else was that struggling. That was the best with. thing. Yeah, I could just cruise up to the printer and it would like intercept, it would or interject my printing in ahead of everyone else's too. I would just drop my, my computer there for a second. It was it was pretty tight. Yeah, because you could control the priority <laughs> with which it was sent to the printer, which which was locked Bye, down ass. on our network. I remember the librarian <laughs> thought it was cool that I was doing that and did not mind that 
Uh, uh, so what was your what was your favorite thing about instant messenger and text-based chat protocols whatever you know whatever version you ran into that between then and now between it not really being a thing right i mean i had i went on my first date after an experience of calling someone like repeatedly in a week and getting their parent who at the time it was like in the summer and she was actually out of town but it's that thing where the only way to check if she's back is call again or wait for a call back that's (laughs) nerve-wracking that's too much reliance on another person than you (laughs) that's not really a phenomenon anymore just that brief story gives me anxiety (laughs) right Ah, so much of this is about social anxiety. So, anyway, what's your favorite, other than the the release of social anxiety, what's your favorite, what was your favorite thing about Instant Messenger? Uh, I mean, I've got two, okay. This is our, like, this is our, like, you know, uh, memorial service for <laughs> Instant Messenger right now. I've got Come two. Here. I've got Eulogy. two. <laughs> the first one is kind of pointless, and the second one is a little bit... Uh, to abstract so together they will form one solid point the first one is i think just the sound it used to make when you would like log on and the sound that like other people would make when they would log on it made these fun little like bubbling sounds skype still has very pleasing sounds in that way yeah yeah i love the way skype sounds it's pleasant to have someone be added there's a really cool episode of it's either 99% invisible or another podcast, I think called 20,000 Hertz. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes where they talk about, uh, they talk to notification sound designers because that's a thing. Gotta be. It's a really important part of the experience that like you've got mail yeah. <laughs> is still such a thing for a certain generation of people. They named a fucking yeah, movie, a movie after the phenomenon of you've got mail. Um. Yeah, the sounds. That's really the first. I mean, and that's one of those. That's something that texting didn't have. How pissed would the, the whole world be if every time they got an email right now, it said you've got mail? The whole world would be bathed in that sound <laughs> incessantly. We'd all be insane. <laughs> you've got mail. You've got. Oh, you've got. No. You've got. You've got mail. You've got mail. Oh no. Um, I think my first, the my first favorite thing, is the the away message oh yeah the idea that you could be like hey i'm busy and here's a dumb clever thing to say and or a legitimate hey here's what i'm doing clever thing (laughs) in case you need to know (laughs) generally but it also introduces this idea of asynchronous sort of communication that is part of texts regardless but a chat room was very much more like talk to people that are in that chat room or the person that you like for me to catch you on IRC, we had to coordinate beforehand. Um, but in a way message, you, you could just leave that up and say, Hey, I'm studying over here. If you want to come join me, but, or whatever, but it was mostly just clever it was, nonsense. It was an, and that's, I think, why it's my favorite. It was an thing. interesting, uh, I had, you know, 70 some away messages saved with, 
um, quotes on them and things. You have them that, saved? You know, meant something to me like, at the time. I had would them you saved, saved them? It's like, oh, I'll do the Top Gun <laughs> quote away message. You could save them I mean, in AIM clients. I've never thought about it this way, but your away message was kind of like an early Facebook profile, right? It was the only place we could put something that represented us in a digital environment sort of permanently or in a, a sort of sense of permanence, which is so fucking weird that we're so preoccupied and so predisposed to represent ourselves and display ourselves and <clears throat> be seen by the public. Humans, that is. Animals, living creatures. Maybe trees, maybe rocks. Probably rocks. Rock trees. Social anxiety too, a little bit. Yeah, a, l- think, a little bit. Do they care? Do they care what we think mm-hmm. about them? Yeah, because sometimes I think like a like one rock's ugly and another rock's really pretty, and I'll pick it up and take it home, and then it gets nice, warm place to like live. But before that, do you think that that rock felt insufficient because we didn't consider it majestic and some of the rocks we take pictures of and put them on the background <laughs> of our be, computers? Gotta be a little bit, right? <laughs> I'm looking at a mountain on my background right now. Yeah, think how jealous all the little pebbles outside are. If they could catch a glimpse of that mountain. Uh, oh, to live on oh, a rocky planet. I wish I was a mountain. Uh, but that part of that is that idea of asynchronous communication. If, you, if you're talking about this idea of uncoupling communication from the fact that to a point I had to get it to you and then it had to be received. If I send you a letter and it's going to take two weeks for somebody to ride a horse to hand it to you, a very different dynamic of communication that we close with telephone and then sort of built back in in a different way with all of these other different mediums. Which gets to this kind of interesting idea of uh, like the velocity of communication. Um, AIM was largely, I think, I think what made it work is you can put up an away message. You could stay online all day. You could put up an away message and people could talk to you anyway. And then you can get back to them when you get back to the computer and that was largely the dynamic. If you catch them right away, you might have a conversation in that moment. Well, um, it's, it's the first time you had the same thing that we have now uh, that everyone's super aware of because everyone does this, but you get to choose what you do. You, especially now, like you know, if you send a text message to someone, you pretty much know that person saw the text message. Everyone has their phone all the time, right? So, you kind of the assumption that they saw it is pretty reasonable. And so you're either getting messages back right away because the person wants to, or you're not getting a message back right away because the person wants to. So the receiver gets you get a little bit of playtime. You get to take your time. If it's an important, if it's like an emergency, for sure, hop back on, reply real quick. If it's someone like you're really eager to talk to at that moment or you need something, do it. But if you're just like, eh, I'll catch up later, you can just chill. It's the best. It's the best way to communicate. Well, I think what's funny is you immediately started talking that, talking about that with the language of like etiquette <laughs> questions. Uh, I don't have to. I don't have to get back to that right away. Uh, that guy can chill. <laughs> uh, and and I think that gets us to a really funny part at the back of this conversation that I honestly didn't expect to get to, but that I feel like the world is talking about right now 
is how what how should we use the tool that has turned out to be the endpoint that started from instant messenger and IRC and that kind of stuff? <laughs> like, what do you do? You should you? How long is it polite to not no answer? More than a like, few days. What's the turn- few days? What's the turnaround on an email? Oh, email. See, emails. I was going to say that the this is is an interesting time period still because like etiquette is still a little determined by the input mechanism. And so like text messaging for most people, they're on a phone, which has gotten a little better over time. Like you can text pretty quickly on an, on a smartphone and some have that like swipey language that lets you text like real fast. Uh, but it's still different than being at a keyboard. So like text messages kind of relegated to the phone. Emails kind of relegated to computers, sort of. Like I see people sending a text on a phone is pleasant. Sending a text on a computer, most people just can't do it. Sending an email on a phone is kind of tedious. Sending an email on the computer is really easy. So you get this like the medium is still affected by what you're using to send it on, which I think sometime in the near future is kind of going to go away. Like what would this all evolve into? Is that just think our message and have our message go to the person? Well, right. So that comes to the to that sort of like media studies thing I say all the time, the medium yeah. is the message. It's a, it's a, like a, like a media studies, I think Marshall McLuhan thing, which is just this idea of, okay, on a computer, I expect you have the capacity to take part in X, like, uh, etiquette right, protocol regarding how yeah. we communicate on this medium. But then it also starts to get weird once you get to things like Slack because what's the turnaround? What's the polite turnaround on a response to a Slack? Oh message? damn! Yeah, Slack starts to be weird, and then Slack right because like it's where you're using it too. Like I have a work Slack channel, I have a personal Slack channel. We've got Zengineering. I'm like on other people's work Slack channels. It's weird, right? Well, and so this is where I get to that should piece because that for me creates questions of. One of the healthiest things I think I ever did, and I should find a way to do this more frequently, is uh, I planned a two-week road trip across the country where my plan was like straight up turn off my cell phone when I'm not needing it to place a call. And and I was like, and this particular time, unlike other times I've traveled, I'm not putting up an away message. I'm not setting an autoresponder. Like, I'm just going to not answer people Great. for two weeks. And then when I do answer them, I'm not going <laughs> to apologize for it having taken two weeks as is proper. And guess what? No one noticed. No one <laughs> it's funny because as we're having this conversation i'm thinking of people who i haven't texted back in a long enough period that it's now past like a reasonable response i'm like oh right. shoot i forgot to text so-and-so back which is so stupid because the whole point of the anxiety being removed is that i can do whatever the hell i want i don't need to text you back you're not here to yell at me what are you gonna do send an angry text message who cares i'll block you <laughs> <laughs> I've never blocked anyone from digital media, uh, by the way. I another healthy thing I did at one point was to adopt certain rules for an unfollow policy. There are certain things that I just if it happens enough times, I go, you know what, you're busting up the thing that I use this medium for. Um it's 
it frequently presents itself as a friend who has picked up a like a, a business where they're trying to move retail <laughs> products or something out of their garage. <laughs> right. You mean like a like a multi-level uh, marketing? I'm selling supplements now and they're the best thing in the world and you should try them out. And it's like you might be right because we're pretty our supplement game is pretty on point as humans at this point. But this is not um, the medium with which I, I want to buy supplements. But this is not where I'm going to start if I'm buying Well, supplements. I was going to say, uh, I have some friends that whenever I text them, they frequently send back audio <laughs> messages, which if they're, I do that. if they're listening. I have to. I live in LA. I'm driving and I, and I don't I text and drive anymore. I don't listen to them. And not because I don't want to. It's, a it's not because I don't want to. Believe me, it's extra frustrating because I want to hear what the message is, but I'm just in a setting where I can't play an audio. I'm like in a meeting. It has a walkie-talkie <laughs> function and you won't but use that's, it. That's, but I can't. <laughs> that's the thing. It's the same Got reason me. like I can't watch videos a lot of the time when I'm, when I'm browsing the internet because long ago, I established etiquette rules with people that I lived with that you can't just watch videos while we're watching TV. Turn that shit off. And the the people who did that know who they are too, because they knew it was wrong at the time, and they still know it's wrong. But I bet they still do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you do. <laughs> it depends on the context. Certainly not in it's, a theater. It's different if you uh, if you pull it up and you're like, "Hey, everyone in the room, come check this out." But then you don't know because you haven't watched it <laughs> first yet. So you're like watching in silence, and you're like, "Oh, it might be really interesting. I wish I could hear it." Now, you, that's the whole reason you get right. like translated text on videos now. YouTube does it. FaceTube does it. FaceTube. FaceTube does it. YouTube does it. <laughs> FaceTube. Uh, I know a number of people, and I tend to sort of behave this way occasionally with my AirPods, that just straight up have a solution. That's they just cool. wear a thing all the time for that. And occasionally, they'll pull out a single earbud and then do a thing totally on their phone. Okay. And then put the that's earbud totally back in. And I'm just like, hey. Now we're talking, um, now I we're heading into the cyborg territory, which we touched on thought messaging um, a minute ago. Yeah. Can't but, wait till that shit's in my ear permanently and waterproof. But then you won't be able to, but so one of my favorite things was it, it comes off of the idea of the away message, which is I realized early that the best away message was no away message. <laughs> Because if there was an away message, it triggers the dynamic like, I'm not here, leave a message, I'll get oh. back to you. If you're just the guy that never uses away messages, all that happens is occasionally you go <laughs> idle. <laughs> and they don't know if you're there or not. And so you can always pop back and go, yo, sorry, went to class. And who's going to go? That's good. Bullshit. That's good. I remember. There. I kind of remember this psychology as well. <laughs> there were a lot of games to be played. That's for sure. And I think that's Slack. Um, you can set statuses and stuff in Slack, but I don't tend to see it done. Slack is a you can you get to it whenever it's appropriate, or if it's not important enough, you ignore it, and it's completely fine in Slack because it's 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 sort of uses that to create a dispassionate uh, etiquette set system for 
I'm thinking about a work thing while I'm working on another thing. I'm going to dump it here. Feel free, feel free well, to disregard. Slack for people who don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, but the way I always describe it is to start from saying, "Oh, it's IRC, but for work <laughs> stuff." And that no, I think of it as like text messaging and email merged together. But but like modern good email where it threads your messages so that you don't just see like like I think modern Outlook still doesn't thread messages because it's a piece of trash. Uh, but uh, Gmail maybe introduced the concept of threading where they would process your emails and connect them if they were part of the same conversation. Yeah, and you and your group of friends is the first time that I was exposed to people that used email <laughs> like chat because of that totally. feature. Like you guys would send out an email that would be like, hey, Kerb's coming down. Do you all want to go to a movie? And I would go to the bathroom and come back and there would be 38 new emails because it was just you guys using that threaded function That's what like happens when chat. You responsible <laughs> young adults who have office jobs. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. They're bored as fuck because they did their job already and are now sitting there waiting to go home. <laughs> yes, I'll send 400 messages today about which movie we should see this weekend as a group of friends. So I think one of the things that maybe people don't understand is professionally speaking, when you say something's an email killer, it doesn't mean like, I'm going to not send polite emails to people in a professional context at a certain point of our interaction but it does mean that when uh we've when i'm finished what i'm doing <laughs> i'm just sitting around figuring out what to do next i don't have to do what that you just i don't have to have the thing of going to the bathroom and coming back to 38 messages from everyone in the office just sort of chatting in a circle figuring out what they're working on right and, and team coordination is the thing that's hard to do via email uh, and so Slack pops in there. Um, Slack is a, uh, it's just a chat program, but where you can create channels. And once you get into one of those channels, it's just like a chat room. Whoever is there can talk, but it just goes into the thread of, of communication. But you can dump f files in there. You can put links in there. If you put links in there, they like pull up the video. So you can just hit play and it'll just play. Uh, for some teams, it's a productivity killer because you can get really active channels that are just distracting. Um, for others, it's pretty effective. The ones for which I find it to be effective are ones where the etiquette is largely like, don't be upset if it's clear that a th thing wasn't even noticed. If it's important, like bring their attention back to yeah, it by tagging them. them again or something. Yeah, our Slack is interesting. Um, it is your description of it being it's it's basically it's like fifty AIM channels, and they're synced up for the most part with like our product management software. And so there's there's a channel for all the different types of things people are working on. So if you know that you're involved in like these twelve parts of a product, you really only have to follow those twelve conversations. But sometimes you'll get pulled over to the other one because someone will toss your name in there. It's a really interesting dynamic, and it has totally replaced. We don't, I mean, at least on our, on like the engineering team and even it's consumed a big chunk of the rest of the company. Uh, we don't communicate uh, via text or even phone or email, really. I mean, internally we do, we still have phone conferences and stuff sometimes because they're more efficient if you really need to have a big conversation. But just for like day to day, like while you're getting work done, it's all just shitty chat, shitty chat and slickety slack.
The only thing that I wish Slack had, but that I don't think they would ever put in, is exactly the function that you described hating that I use in text message all the time. Like, I wish I could just hold down a button and speak my answer because I'm driving and I want to not miss the conversation. But then there's also that piece where it's like, I'm driving. It doesn't matter. I'll get where I'm going and then I can answer the thing. It is annoying, um, though, when you have to go back and answer like sometimes at once. Sometimes, I want to answer. I like that they won't put right. audio in because then you'd send me fucking audio messages in there all the time. <laughs> no one's going to do anyway, so it's just a waste of everybody's effort. <laughs> well, I just realized that at the top of the episode, I forgot to thank our uh, backers on Patreon who throw us <laughs> as little as a buck an episode to help keep things afloat. It comes up now because they, uh, if you if you back us in there, you can come hang out in the Slack channel that we're talking about. It's it's just where we do all our production work for this kind of stuff. Slack channel, Slack workspace, which is a collection we of had, channels. We used to have a lot more action in there um, before but, like half of our people had kids and now they don't participate anymore. It's rude. rude. They're still there if you ping them, <laughs> the guests in particular. Yeah, it comes and goes. We have nice little bursts of activity occasionally, but then it, it slows down. It's a critical mass question. Are there are good people in there now. If we get more people in there, p a t r e o n dot podcast My last favorite thing was a function called Slack, Slack. which s- sort of gets me to an evolution of Slack that I think most normal people are more likely to encounter than uh, than they are to encounter Slack. The Slap function. I don't. I don't remember if it was built into the client or like the protocol for IRC. But there was. You could use slash commands, which is a thing you can do in Slack as well, where you type slash, you type forward slash, and then a word, which is a, the command, and then some stuff after it, and it'll pull the stuff after it as variables and can little run functions. different yeah, little programs. Uh, program functions. Yeah. Um. And so the slap in the IRC program that me and that my friends and I used to use, you you could type like forward slash slap fish uh, Brian Jones, and it would say uh, the curp slaps T Brian Jones with a fish. <laughs> These still exist in World of Warcraft. Um, chat by the way there's commands you can use to just make your avatar oh, yeah. start dancing in front of somebody um, but it's sort of it, it gets to another thing where the IRC because you could do stuff like that IRC chat was inherently just sort of goofy which is kind of what Twitch chat is like and that gets to discord which I think is the evolution of the Slack dynamic that people are probably way more likely to. I mean, let's be real. Instagram and Snapchat are the places that people are going to run into this type of short burst communication, but they're image-based, so we're not talking about them right now. Discord is a, it's just like Slack, except with a few modifications to how the the, the system works, built more toward really large communities of like gamers who potentially want to like uh, form a rating party and just like six or seven of them go off in a room and they talk while they play a game. And then they go back to the, you know, back to the main thing, which is essentially just slack with some 
it's not as productivity driven as Slack. Yeah. It's community driven. It's for um, it's built. It was built for the gaming community originally, so, right? Where Slack's kind of been built for business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's reflected in the etiquette that has sprung up around how you use these different platforms. And so that idea of the slap, like when you log into Discord, it says goofy things to you. The curb just rode in on a wave is what like the system thing says, right? And it's like, there's one part of me that sees that and goes, that's goofy. But there's another that's like, <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Um, I have a lot of communities that I talk to in there and just it it just is automatically sort of more casual because of the the tools that the people have in front of it's them. It's funny how much thing. <clears throat> uh, personality develops organically around communication protocols. And that's what all, all of these things are, right? I mean, technically, there's a protocol underlying AIM and IRC, right? There's like a functional software protocol, but then there's also kind of like... Right. Usage protocols, you're the UX decision, um, and and all of that ends up just as as complex beings using them. We develop these weird societies inside of them and personalities around them that could have developed totally different had you launched the exact same product somewhere else at a different time. Uh, but it it becomes the, what the system is because they're humans in there. It's really weird. Weird. So Slack introduced this like sort of different kind of etiquette where you know like we just talked all the way up through this one discord which people are probably likely to bump into because of the gaming piece also like crypto coin communities and stuff are starting to like blockchain communities are using discord successfully to to have thirty thousand people in a group talking about a project that everyone's working on but back to slack and the idea of this etiquette shift uh you can't you can't talk about this type of communication without talking about Twitter. And it strikes me that Twitter is the opposite extreme of Slack, which is like the functional Slack channels I'm in. The etiquette is very like, don't be offended if your thing is ignored. You can just leave it here. But also like, hey, I might have to bring your attention back to it if you don't respond because these might be action items that need to be handled. Twitter is just straight up. You have an idea, you throw it out there, you see if someone bites. If they don't bite, eh, move on. Whatever. But also, there's retweets and mentions. But it's very like it's it's a lot more ephemeral. Even though it, it I mean, it, it, not in the sense that it's destroyed like Snapchat. Well, but Twitter's, I that's a great analogy. It is. It's the opposite. The faster flowing stream, and I just kind of dip my feet in. in a lot of ways. Like you can't. Right? Feel you way. also. There, there's just one stream and you're everyone's dropping messages into it. I like your analogy that Twitter and Slack are opposites because I think they are in a lot of ways, right? Like Slack has expanded on the capabilities of chat, like the idea of yourself having a whole bunch of different threads with different conversations. You can share documents and links and videos and stuff. Uh, it's kind of like a workspace, a project management. It's like email merged into these threads. Whereas Twitter kind of went the opposite direction, uh, which at the time of launch was probably equally strange, uh, where it's you can't do anything extra, right? You can just send 100 or so characters. What is 120 characters? Um, and there's no threading. There's no specific conversation. There was nothing in there when it started. I mean, even hashtags, I think, organically developed. The community started using them because you could search for them then. Uh, 
Yeah, most of the things on Twitter that we think of as features yeah, they, are hacks that the original community just sort of emerge. They like they they yeah. were emergent properties of hashtags, that form of huge. Right? Hashtags are a huge deal now. Uh, I mean, they've been used in search software for decades, right? Like keyword search. Uh, but that was an organic emergent behavior, right, of the community. And now it's totally integrated, right? They highlight, they they do stuff automatically. They, they're part of the user interface. They're part of the protocol now. Uh, but originally, <coughs> originally, Twitter was just bare bones, send, send 20 words out. That's it. What a strange idea. And in, in building that, whether they meant to or not at the time, they... I mean, like, it's not just Twitter. Twitter is part of the public discourse now. Like, I feel like you could make a solid argument that Twitter should be regulated like a utility. (laughs) It's a news delivery tool. Like, um, revolutions happen because Mm -hmm. people can coordinate on Twitter before the government tries to shut it down. In a way, a decentralized system. Uh, But rather than taking it to that heavy place, I want to wrap this up by talking about another emergent property of communication like this, which we teased at the beginning. But the fact that we've come back to pictograms in this process and the widespread use and understand of under, like understanding totally. of emoji. My grandmother oh, uses emoji. Everyone understands like, oh, it's a picture of a is smiley proper, face. I know what that, that proper means. proper plural, by the I'm way? I'm putting it is in there. Emoji, plural of emoji. <laughs> I, I don't so. know emojis i'm just you said it huh. with like you said it with some gusto like you knew that that was the plural version i'm going with it i like it i like when you have this no I, you know if you're enthusiastic <laughs> enough your grammar doesn't matter <laughs> there's an emoji for enthusiasm uh, a bunch of them there's a there's a great episode of some podcast that I can't remember, but we'll put it in the show notes where they break down the process that you have to go through to get an emoji submitted oh, right. like to Unicode and agreed upon. There's a governing body for this protocol of, of expressive pictures that people use to send one another messages. It's... <laughs> It's mind blowing that emoji are so popular, right? They're so strange. <laughs> and I think a lot of people use them in the conversation, like they'll use them as the communication, which is very much more like how I imagine hieroglyphics, right? They, that was the, those were the letters, right? Or those were the words. Uh, but then you also right. get them where you just throw them in. It was it's like sometimes I'll just throw them in just because right. they're related to the thing I said. So like I'm talking about skiing. So I'll throw in a picture of someone skiing, which I'm not sure what the utility is there, but there it's there. Right. Or we wouldn't be doing it. Or I'll just like I'll I'll be talking about the color. The color purple will come up and then I'll send out the seven purple <laughs> emojis that I can spot like the eggplant. It's weird. It's very weird. It's it introduces a form of potential free association <laughs> into an otherwise text-based format where like if somebody just mentions it comes out of a group dynamic it comes out of group texts because if you have 10 people on a text thread like sometimes all you have time or feel the need to do is take part <laughs> but it doesn't matter how especially if it's just 10 friends 
right? So somebody's talking about how purple is an ugly color for the Ravens jersey. If you just went, <laughs> if you just went eggplant, red <laughs> wine, grape, everyone would go, what's happening here? But if you send those emojis, yeah, you take part in the conversation without <laughs> I really adding anything. I didn't realize you, you were get on with you your just life. sent those as words. <laughs> <laughs> if you just shouted them in a conversation, loud noises. It and really, it away. really does function that way. And I like that you use the term free association because that that's totally how I use them sometimes. I wonder if that's part of the pleasure of it, right? Is you're kind of you can it's almost like scratching your brain. It's like, oh, you mentioned purple. Grapes are purple. You, yeah, and your and then your consciousness is like, yeah, I don't need grapes right now. Thanks though, brain. <laughs> and I think that gets us back to the same idea from the uh goofy te- away messages, right? Like there's this component to this that is completely driven by just dumb amusing interactions that's just always gonna be there and it's a little bit doable in slack but i think etiquette pushes away from the endless sharing of memes on discord most of the communities people are there to have fun because they're gaming anyway and so it just the the feed moves a little bit faster but it has things like dumb emoji built in so that you can just you know, have a fit of putting 20 emojis on somebody's message because <laughs> it's like, whatever, uh, purple things, purple things. That's my response to this. Well, I think Who our, cares? our title and our description for this episode should probably be entirely emojis. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind it. Well, thank you to everybody for hanging out for another ridiculous romp in the, the what did we say what did we call uh, it at the beginning curiosity cave? The, no the Co- cozy curiosity cave, cave? <laughs> uh, thanks as always to our backers on patreon who help lighten the load on keeping this thing aboard by throwing us as little as a buck an episode uh if you want to come out this whole episode ended up being an accidental plug for slack but what we just talked about here that got us to aol instant messenger R.I.P. May it rest in peace. Bloop, 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 bloop. Uh, is the reason we use Slack for this. It results in a very specific type of community uh, that I think is a lot of fun. So if you throw us as little as a buck, you can, you'll get an invite to hang out in our Slack channel where we uh, run production to keep the show coming out the door. But this has been Zengineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Stay warm and cozy. I love having a robe with sleeves such that yeah, I have to totally. do the wizard. Free the hands. Like. <laughs> <laughs>